How to achieve more by noon than others achieve in a full day. How to make sure that you're spending time on the most impactful tasks. And how to not drift away from your priorities and so much more coming right up. This is episode number 286 with author of the Amazon best-selling book on productivity, Done by Noon, the one and only Dave Ruel. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. I'm here because you want to become the best version of yourself, but there are so many things that you need to do in order to get there. There's so many things that we're working on on a daily basis, a weekly basis, and a monthly basis. And because it's so overwhelmingly complicated, it's easy to lose focus, easy to lose a sense of direction, which is why so many people fall short of their true potential. But that's why I create videos, podcasts, and fitness programs to keep you on track to your best you. Go to nickcarrier.com to learn more. Efficiency calculates the rate of output per unit of input. So to be efficient is to avoid wasting resources when working to achieve a desired result. These are a couple of lines from Dave's new book, Done by Noon, in which he teaches how to achieve more by noon than most people achieve in a full day. Dave is a former competitive physique athlete turned serial entrepreneur, best-selling author, and international speaker. After feeling burnout after a decade of founding and growing multi-million dollar businesses, he had to find a different way to work. Fueled by his passion for entrepreneurship and human performance, he launched Ethic, an innovative leadership development company that helps busy entrepreneurs maximize their impact and freedom. Be sure you go grab a free copy of Dave's book at www.ethic.co slash best you. It's completely free. All you got to do is pay shipping and handling. Again, ethic.co slash best you. That's E-F-F-I-C dot C-O slash best you. And before diving into the episode, be sure to follow me on Instagram at carrier underscore best you and follow Dave at Dave Ruel, which is D-A-V-E-R-U-E-L. And let us know what you think of the episode. But without further ado, here's to getting closer and closer to your best you with the one and only Dave Ruel. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. I am super fired up today to have the one and only Dave Ruel join me today. Dave, I just want to start by saying thanks so much for spending the time with me today. Nick, man, good to be here. Yeah, dude. Yeah, man. Well, so I finished your book uh, a couple week and a half, two weeks ago now, Done by Noon, How to Achieve More by Noon Than Other Entrepreneurs in a Full Day. Um, and I love like learning about productivity and I love learning about how to get stuff done and so I by no means feel like I know everything, knew everything going into your book, but I feel like I know a decent amount and I definitely learned a ton from your book. And so those of you guys listening know I'm really into productivity and I learned a ton here and, and saw a lot of value and I'm already starting to apply a lot of the things I already have like written out my rocks, written out my routines and trying to schedule those out accordingly. So um, some great stuff that you have in your book. So I want to start off by saying thank you for that. Um, but the first question I want to actually ask you today is what's currently the most challenging thing for you to master in regards to your productivity? Oh, man. Actually, it's funny because I recorded um, I recorded an episode, a podcast episode yesterday about it. And, <laughs> you know, I talk about, about, uh, self, uh, about self-leadership a lot in the book, and there's three layers to, to self-leadership. So self-discipline. Uh, you know, it's pretty self-explanatory right there. Um, self-awareness, which is, you know, understanding yourself, but also self-respect. And, mm-hmm. and self-respect is, you know, in some ways, I read, I read a 
copy. I don't know. I just let, let me just go dive dive in the book, and I can tell you like what it, like uh, chapter of the book. So it says self respect is is also about honoring the process as you progress along your personal and entrepreneurial journey. Your visions and ambitions need to be in alignment with your core values and truth. Uh, you need the courage to understand who you are, honor what you want, and work towards it. And it's really respecting the process. And I've realized that, you know, I'm a very binary guy when it comes to, you know, making decision. Like I'm a yes or no guy. And usually like that, my gut feeling never fails. And for a little while now, I've been, you know, kind of overthinking things, like processing things too much with my brain and not enough with my heart. And the truth is like I had, I, I was, you know, always drifting a little bit, you know, and always realigning, realigning. And, but there was not that true, you know, alignment that felt really, really good. And that, and that's a big part of productivity. You know, it's not like one thing or one strategy, but that self-respect. And so I'm on the path right now of letting my, letting go of my brain making too many decisions and really started trusting my instincts and my heart, you know, I would say again. So it's a, respecting the seasons i guess and um that's where i'm at right now so the right now this is my answer okay nice no i like that i like that i think that um there's always a balance of knowing when to trust the brain and when to trust the heart it's always something everybody has to figure out for themselves for sure on a kind of a case-by-case basis um next thing to kind of talk a little bit about you know your past and in the past you founded and grew multi-million dollar companies in the field of health fitness and sports nutrition for nearly a decade, and then you say you, you found the dark side of entrepreneurship that robbed you of your freedom and you felt burnt out and unfulfilled. And so <clears throat> my question is, to that younger version of yourself who was doing that over the last decade, over that decade, what's the advice that you would give to that younger version of, of yourself so that maybe you didn't feel burnt out or didn't feel unfulfilled? If you only had like 30 seconds to sit down with that person and you had to hammer something home to them, what would it be? I would say entrepreneurship is a sport and, you know, look at how you, if you're going to the gym and in, in, in the, you know, in the process of transforming your body right now, do the same thing for your entrepreneurial career. And, you know, we talk and you, you know, you read the book, Nick, and we talk about a lot about sports performance and, and, you know, there's a lot of analogies between, between both, you know, and, and comparisons between sports performance and entrepreneurial performance. And, what I realized is that what I've learned earlier, like early in my career, what I had learned in fitness didn't automatically transfer into entrepreneurship. I didn't realize it was, you know, my behaviors needed to be so similar, right? right. And it's only when I, it's like when you go to the gym and you do it all wrong and all of a sudden you realize, okay, well, I need some structure. And you think that entrepreneurship would be different, but we all do the same thing. We start, we have no structure, and then we realize, okay, well, why do I work all the time without any structure where I can get way better results like having that structure? Like going to the gym, working out seven days a week doesn't serve you. You're getting actually, you're getting actually less results even though you're working out a lot more. And it's the, same thing with, um, it's the same thing with entrepreneurship. So I would say, yeah, you know, transform your body and apply it to entrepreneurship. You know, I talk about it in the book too. It's, it's simple. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the, the overall principle is like if you want to improve at a relatively at the pace that you want to improve at 
then you have to have deliberate action. Like you have to be very deliberate. You have to be very intentional. You have to have some structure around that. Um, and that's like you said, true in sports, true in weightlifting, true in entrepreneurship and, and really whatever it is. Um, <clears throat> one of the things I want to talk about is like so many people, it's funny. They will tell me you're always so busy. And I'm like, no, I'm not busy. I'm productive. Like <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to, cause I think a lot of people will say I'm, will say they're busy, but they're really just always doing something but not actually getting anything done. And, and so I don't want to be classified in that, same, in that same boat with them, and I want to try to make sure that I'm always getting stuff done. And so you talk about in your book about the difference between activity does not equal productivity, and then you kind of talk about the three things that we need to make sure we manage in regards to like time, energy, and attention. And those are the, one of the, like the three most important like kind of resources that we have. Um, so I want you to kind of riff on those three important resources and how we can make sure that we manage them effectively. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a good point, Nick, because we live in a world that glorifies, you know, activity where it's like the more you do, the more you perceive that, you know, you are successful or doing, you right. know, you, and, and it's not always the case, you know, and I like that you say like, no, I'm productive. And then it's like, okay, well, what's the difference? Well, that's a huge difference. And uh, at Epic, we have, um, an efficient, you know, approach to productivity, meaning that one, because when you look at productivity, like it's output, you know, based on, you know, the input, right? So the output, if you look at, look at it from a traditional activity equals productivity uh, standpoint, you're going to have like, you know, the output is going to be as much as you can produce and the input is pretty much as much as you can feed the machine versus if you look at it efficiently, it's understanding, first of all, What's the outcome? You know, yeah. what is the out? What 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 does it look like? What do you want to accomplish? What's the desired and or you know what's the intent? You know, what do you want to produce? And understanding that, as an entrepreneur, you have, as you said, you know, three finite resources: your time, your energy, your attention, and that's your responsibility really to manage these three resources. That you don't have to use them all to produce the intended you know, result, the intended outcome. What you need to do is understanding how to really manage these three resources and technically use the least, or I would say not the least, but the right amount, the right, right mix of resources that produces what you want to accomplish, right? So um, it's a process, obviously. It's a process that involves, you know, self-leadership, self-discipline, self-awareness, self-respect. But when you look at it this way, it relieves the pressure of, you know, being active all the time and doing and doing and doing. And that doesn't mean that you're going to need to work. And that's why we make a diff, like, it's not about working less for it. It's about working right. Working hard, mm -hmm. it's a given. Nothing is, you know, easy. You're not yeah. going to go example, same thing with the gym. You're not going to go to gym and not train hard. You know, you're not, not going to sweat and get results. You know, you will need to sweat. That's a given. But I think a lot of people try to outsmart that. You know, they're like, oh, I'm going to work smart. Yeah, obviously you will need to work smart. You know, you will need to optimize, but you need to work hard. You need to work smart. But the yeah. key here is working right. What's right for you? What's right for your ambitions, for your lifestyle, etc. And there's no right or wrong answer. There's just a right answer for you. You know, yeah. for you, what you want. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. And to just touch on that last thing you said, there's no right or wrong answer. It's what is right for you. And that's how I kind of talk about in regards to getting closer to the best version of yourself. Like you have to think about what the best version of yourself is. Like don't change down the best version of somebody else. Because I think a lot of times in our world, in our society, we 
identify what success is based off of what somebody else identifies as success is. And so we chase down that and that leads us down to all, all, all kinds of problems. But I really loved, and I had it written down actually, about um, efficiency literally is like calculating the rate of output per unit of input. And to me, like for whatever reason, you know, it's, you kind of know that, but until I read it, I was like, whoa, that's like so right. That's so true. And it's, it's really important. But then you also talked about, you kind of have to start off by figuring out what the output is that you actually want to get done or what it is you want to achieve. And that's kind of, you know, step one of y'all's four-step methodology. And that's where I'm going to go next. Your four-step methodology is projection, prioritization, planning, and protection. And so to kind of start off again with the projection thing, how do you go about gaining clarity on what the output should be, on what the best goal for you is that you need to set for maybe your year? Yeah. So first of all, so the way we do it is we set like a long-term big like vision, not goals really. Like you could, there can be goals obviously, but really more of a vision of where you want to go. Like, where do you want to land? If you picture like a, a mountain, you know, far away, you know, is this like, you want to go to that mountain, but also what does it look like when you get, when you're on top of that mountain and you, you turn back and you look at what you, you've accomplished, right? So right. first of all, you visualize the, um, the outcome. You visualize where you're going. But from there, the key is understanding that I'm going to need to reverse engineer the journey. And the best way to do it is with what we call an annual guideline. So first of all, is understanding you have 12 months in front of you. What do you want to see become a reality within these next five months, uh, 12 months? And we have five action steps, five goals that you're going to need to list there. They can be quantifiable, but they can, you know, you can see that you can see where you're going and then you can adjust to, but so we work in 90 day cycle. So you have that projection and from there you need to start prioritizing. So first of all, prioritizing your tasks, but prioritizing your projects that that you're going to need to perform in order to accomplish, uh, or I would say move towards this, like in line with this annual guideline. And, you know, the shortest way, you know, the fastest way to go somewhere is in a straight line. Obviously, entrepreneurship is what it is. You will, you know, drift. You will pivot. You know, that it's not a straight line. You know, there, there will be some moments where you're like, what the hell am I doing? Like, that's not what I want, yeah. you know, where I want it to be. The, the big mistake that people make is that they wait too long in order to adjust, you know. So they drift too far and then going back to on a straight line, going back on the road, is actually a harder task. So the more you can have alignment points along the way. So first of all, one with an annual guideline, and then every quarter you verify that, okay, I, I'm aligned with my annual guideline. My annual guideline is still you know, in line with my big picture. And then every 90 days and make sure that the projects you take on are in line, you know, with your annual guideline and weekly that your actions are actually in line with what, you know, you want to accomplish. So there's always that alignment. You will drift, but instead of having big, big drifts, well, there will be micro drifts and then you will realign. And that ensures that, first of all, you work on the right things and that you don't get lost into, you know, in a place that you don't want to be at. Yeah, no doubt. I, I really, I, I love that and love how you said how the more alignment points that you can have, the more you, or the less you'll have drift away and you'll more you'll get pulled back on course. And I think that's so, so key. And, um, but I kind of want to go back more into the macro picture because I think the macro is where so many people 
don't spend the time in regards to thinking, where is the mountain that I want to go? Because I think people... People know goal setting is important, and a lot of times they'll set goals, but they'll set goals based off of this month, maybe even the year, but not with the end, the actual end in mind. Like, where, where do I actually see my business long-term, or where do I actually see my career long-term? Because there's going to be some people listening to this who aren't entrepreneurs, and, and they're not sure what they want to do super vast long-term. And not, not necessarily that you have to know exactly what that looks like, but you kind of come have to come up with some sort of rough idea. And so again, kind of back to the, how do you put some sort of pinpoint on the mountain? Yeah, you know, and I think this is the thing. You can have an idea of where you want to go in your head right now based on your own context. But the mountain can change, for example. You right. know what I mean? Like you can look at a mountain and and you go, to, the key is like to decide based on what you know now, based on your context, but based on your life experience or your life ambitions, okay, how can I draw an image of what I, I want right now? That doesn't mean that in a year from now, even 90 days, that cannot change, right? That's why we're, we're telling people like, make the annual guideline exercise answers. We have 13 questions in the book. Answer these questions once a year. And then you're going to realize that, okay, maybe now this year with another year behind my belt, I see things a little bit differently. And you're going to realize that, you know, most of it's not going to change drastically. Maybe it will. If you have dri- the problem, if you have drifted like way too far, you know, too far away from the road, well, maybe, right. yes, you will need to course correct and change things drastically. But overall, if you're doing a good job, let's say, of staying focused and disciplined and aligned, as you go towards the journey, maybe you start getting a new, pers- you know, getting a new perspective. And next thing you know, well, this is where I'm going, but the mountain right next to it, seems now a little bit more appealing based on my experience. Like when you start working out, a lot of people want to start working out to, you know, gain muscle, you know, or lose body fat. And then it might become, you know, they start exercising, they love their lifestyle, they love everything that goes with it. And then now they're like, you know what? I want to run a marathon. I want to, you know, be, I I want to run. And that's fine, you know, because you didn't know before you actually start being active. And it's the same thing in entrepreneurship. I feel like you need to start doing, or or in life in general, you know, like you yeah. need to start doing, understanding, living, processing, and then gaining new perspective. The, the, there's there's a big, you know, there's a big risk of not gaining perspective along the way. If you're just always seeing things from one lens, like you're not going to be like you you're not going to. I would say if you're too rigid. If, it's, if things are too rigid, you're not going to have space to really be fulfilled because you don't allow yourself to evolve within the process. And the journey is is the real, is where you fulfill your purpose. You know, yeah. the journey is a thing. It's not really like being on top of the mountain. Like that's just an alignment point. The right. real pleasure, the real fulfillment is through the journey and allowing yourself to to navigate through it, you know, without getting lost. Yeah. Well, I mean, I couldn't couldn't agree more. You and you said it well, and the the analogy with fitness is good. You know, you think maybe when you start doing fitness, I want to lift weights, and I love it. And you do that for a couple of years, and you're like, oh, maybe I want to do a marathon. And so that that mountain range cha- or that that peak of the mountain changes. And you know, if you're if you're looking at a mountain range, you have to pick one kind of peak that you think, oh, I want to go there. And so you start moving, and then you get a little bit closer to that, and you're like, oh, maybe that other peak was better. And then maybe that other peak was better. But you have to kind of pick some peak in the first place in order to start moving. 
And as you gain altitude too, you will gain a new perspective where you're going to see that, oh, there's like a hundred new peaks behind that. You know what I mean? Right. And, right. and it, 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 you, but you, you, you're never going to see that if you don't move forward, you know what I mean? Yeah. In the right direction. That's a yeah. key. You know? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I could talk about that all day long. I'm, 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 I get fired up about that. So I'm, I love that we brought that up. Um, the next step though, we talked about projection a little bit. Now I want to go into prior to prioritization a little bit and talk about the impact matrix that you kind of have driven out. And I think a lot of people who have, you know, probably read the seven habits of highly effective people know the urgent and important thing. And that's, you know, this is somewhat similar, but you talk about the differences of it, but essentially impact matrix on the vertical axis is impact on the horizontal axis is effort. And you talk about um, kind of the, the four different quadrants. I really want you to spend kind of most of the time just real quickly, like talking about what are the routines and rocks and where they fit in just for right now. And then we'll talk a little bit more about kind of like how you actually schedule those in your, in a weekly basis. Yeah, dude, Nick, I love it. And, and you know, you, you said it like in the seven habits of highly effective people, like Covey uses the Eisenhower matrix and we, we kind of make like the, it's not that it's a bad tool. I feel like it's, it depends on the, when you use it. And it was, yeah. you know, built by, created by uh, Dwight Eisenhower, who was an army general. So in a, if you work reactively, if you're in a context of war, yes, obviously you will need to make quick decisions. The problem is if you work from, you know, uh, if you want to be proactive with your work, it doesn't really work that way. And in entrepreneurship, there's four tasks that every single entrepreneur will face every single day. The first task, and what we're talking about impact and effort, let's talk about the most impactful tasks that you're going to have in your business. So first of all, you want the, mo the most impactful tasks that you can perform are the ones that really move the needle, the ones that make you that will innovate, you know, the ones where you create new things in your business to make your business grow, you know. So the problem is that when we don't prioritize these tasks, because what's going to happen, you open the door to reactivity and now all like you start being reactive in your business and all the tasks that you should be doing in order to improve your business, they don't get performed because you're like, oh, I don't, have this, I don't have time. You know what I mean? And as weird as it sounds, you know, we're in business to, you know, business is meant to be grown and we stop doing the things that actually are growing the business, right? So right. what we call the rocks. So these are tasks associated with projects, so projects that will bring innovation and growth to your company. The second types of tasks are your routines. So your routines are, you know, ongoing tasks, tasks that will be, that are mandatory for the, the proper functioning of your business, for the operational well-being of your business. So there's things you probably do day in and day out in your business that you have to do in order to perform. Um, and usually you do them pretty effortlessly. Like there's things you, you know how to do, you know, so effort-wise it's less, but it's mandatory to do so. And these are, because they're mandatory for the well, the proper functioning of the business, they will have a positive you know, impact. These, so these, we call these two tasks, uh, the power moves. They will be what brings the real power to your business growth. Then when you look at two other ta types of tasks, so the lower impact tasks, you have the reactive tasks. So these are kind of the byproducts of your activity. So, you know, they always happen, you know, something right. breaks, you know, problem here, customer service issue. I mean, to just to name a few, but there's always these type of tasks in your uh, in your calendar that will fill your calendar. The, the big problem is that when you operate from a reactive you know standpoint, 
you will, you know, your to-do list will keep getting longer and longer and longer, and you will not have time to work on the power moves that are, or work well on the power moves. So first of all, stop working on rocks. And then, you know, your routines per se, or your, your, your tasks that are um, recurring will not be performed properly. You know what I mean? So this is when you see businesses losing their, I would say, quality. You're losing the for example, a good company who used to be good at customer support stops, you know, they stop being good at customer support because they pay less attention on the, on the, on what's really important. So the reactive tasks, which are react, you know, reactive by nature and, and kind of the byproducts of your activities. And then the responsive task, which is everything associated with communications. So your meetings, your DMs, your emails, which is actually Email management is actually a big, big, big problem into this society. Um, there could be, yeah, we talk your meetings, but anything that has to do, or your phone calls, or anything that has to do with communication. And prioritizing the drifters, so the drifters, the reactive, and the responsive tasks, will, that's what's going to make you drift. This is when you're going to start seeing the road or seeing where you should, you know, the direction in which you should drive and you're going to start drifting drifting and drifting until your business actually you know stops growing or you're in a place where you're like i don't want to be there you know it doesn't feel good being a firefighter is never in your business is never good be a good position right. to be in right you want to it's be not as it's not as heroic as actual firefighters <laughs> exactly and 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 understanding also like you know how much effort does it need to, for me to perform these tasks right that's another filter it's like you know, we talk about time, energy, and attention, but once you understand that, okay, my attention needs to be put on these types of tasks and based on, and also we have like, a, we show you like the drifting costs of drifting too far away from your, your power zone, your, your real zone of genius. Well, guess what? There's a real effort of stretching yourself or, or venturing into your average or your subpar zone, you know, things you don't really do well and where that you're not interested in, that will have a tremendous effort, you know, or, or, or I would say, um, and it, it's going to suck your energy, yeah. you know, and in a matter, if you're looking to improve that, if you're looking to manage that properly, you're going to need to understand, okay, well, is this task, you know, how do I feel? Do I feel alive or do I feel like it's a drain, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and understanding that. So the value of, you know, the axis of effort is equally important as the math, the, the uh, axis of, of impact there. We're gonna take a brief pause in the interview really quickly because if you're somebody who is looking to achieve a fitness goal or maybe you lack motivation to get into the gym, you lack some structure in your, in your weekly routine or maybe you've been wanting to get back into the fitness game and get back to maybe your weight loss goal or whatever goal it is and you're not really quite sure how. If that sounds like you, my 10 week program is for you because I help everybody set a very specific goal. Then we create a very specific strategy of the two or the three things that we need to do every single week that we believe are gonna make us successful with our overall goal and that'll help you execute and I'll help you hold you accountable every single week. So you do the things that you kind of know you should be doing, but you're, you're not quite doing them right now. And that's what I've done with hundreds of people over the past 365 days, over the past a little over a year. And I want you to make sure that you are part of it as well. And enough for me, I want you to hear from the people who have done it in the past, what they've got out of it and, and why they did it in the first place. So here you go. I cannot say enough good things about Nick's 10 week program. I have always been somebody who has worked out but never really had a fitness goal. If anything I really wanted to achieve, it was more so just to stay in shape. And Nick does a great job of helping you not only define the goal, but also realize what steps you need to take to get there. Tomorrow, as of 
my weigh-in week nine. I hit my goal of losing 25 pounds in 10 weeks. Just the whole methodology of the program with it being one big goal followed by some smaller goals to help me reach that big goal and then the weekly commitments to help me reach those smaller goals. During these times it's helped strengthen my mental health and strengthen my focus and really made sure to hold me accountable to my goals. I'm so happy that I was able to hit the goal and uh, so much so that I decided to do another 10 weeks with Nick. I would recommend it to anybody, no matter what your goals are, if it's weight loss, if it's running a shorter mile, if it's anything you would like to achieve, I think that this program gives you the tools to set yourself up for success. But one of the biggest benefits for me, and the biggest takeaway I had was one I wasn't necessarily set out to improve upon, and that was building more self-confidence and really instilling self-accountability. The program was great. Um, I'm doing it again a second time to continue my weight loss, and I just can't recommend it enough. So again, guys, if you lack motivation, if you lack structure, if you want to get back into your fitness game, but you're not really sure how, then I want you to make sure you go to nickcarrier.com slash 10-week programs. Again, nickcarrier.com slash 10-week programs to learn more. For now, let's get back to the interview. No doubt. And, you know, you talked about the the rocks as being like the innovative things, the things that are going to move the needle more in your business routines or the things you kind of do on a regular basis that are high impact, but low effort. And these other things that are responsive and reactive, those are things that you have to do, but you want to make sure that you kind of put them in your schedule strategically. Because I think every single person, you know, when you talk about these are the things that make you drift, every single person can relate to that. Every single person can relate to the fact that, oh, I was working on this project and I was doing really well. And all of a sudden I checked my inbox and I was there for 45 minutes. And then I was like, what the heck was I doing? And I couldn't get back in the groove of my project. Or they were sitting down in, in a groove of doing something and then they pull up Instagram and the next thing they know, they've been scrolling up and down for an hour and they're like, what the hell am I doing? I think everybody can, can really relate to that and stuff so it's really important like you give so many actionable things in here again in regards to like the order in which to plan these out in your schedule and that's like one of the biggest things that I've started to take action on over this past week since having finished your book and I'm not gonna dive too much into that because I want people to really get the meat of that when they go get the book um, but one of the things that I think is really important that I do and one of the things that really important that you do is this weekly review and you talk when you spend some a day and some time looking about the last week and really reflecting on it. So I want you to take a, a minute or two talking about kind of what day you do that weekly review on, how long is it, what it looks like, and how, why it's so important. Yeah, you know, I, I feel, you know, what gets measured gets improved. You know, yeah. it's, it's that, that's really the, the, the basics of it and, and, and why you have to do these, these weekly reviews. So it's a good, it's one thing to understand where you're going. It's one thing to know what types of tasks to prioritize. And that's another thing to plan. Uh, but then if you, if you don't review what's been working well for you or what has not been working well, well, guess what? How will you know if it's actually you're, you're truly achieving the right results, right? And that goes along with the, and what we talked earlier, Nick, the, the frequency of, of, of alignment checkpoints. You know, it's like yeah. every week, check your alignment, you know? Review your your uh, your annual guideline. Review your quarterly. So we call them the quarterly buckets, which are you know your uh, and you can you know you'll, you'll see the big rocks, the small rocks, and sand analogy and how we use that for project management. But understanding that hey, you know the projects or what I said would be accomplished this quarter is actually being accomplished. So understanding that um, 
there's also the fact of understanding what went, so I said, what went well, your victories, you know, even if it's small things. I think as entrepreneurs, we're really good. You know, it should be fun. You know, the thing is that it's so easy to, when you're in, you know, firefighting mode and you've drifted away too far that you don't know where you are to see all the negative, you know, that, that can happen. And that's what's tough about entrepreneurship and why a lot of people don't even last because they just get sucked into a spiral of negativity. Whereas there's some wins, there's always wins. There's always things, even if they're small, that should be acknowledged and that should be celebrated. So we ask you, what are your three best small wins of the week? And they, could, they don't need to be humongous things. It could be just, you know, little thing. So you just list them and then you, we ask you to actually say how you will celebrate them, right? right? So finding these little rituals in your life that, you know, that, that invisible carrot that you can have in front of you that will be, hey, if I, if I do this, or if, I, if something happens, like if I have improvement, I will have this reward, right? And we're right. really good at that as humans. You know, when we see a reward, we're going to work a little bit extra. We're going to pay a little bit more attention. So it's doing that. After that, it's understanding, you know, what didn't go that well. Yeah. Yeah, what, would, what didn't go as well this, this week and why? You know, it's understanding why and understanding how you will improve. So getting you... Um, you know, giving you opportunities to not seeing like that as, as a failure or as, as a hurdle, like it's a hurdle, but how you can do con constructive actions that will make you better. And, you know, it's like in, it's like in sports, you know, it, you don't overnight become increasingly, you know, exponentially better. You know, it's right. little improvements by little improvements by little improvements. And that's how, and you measure that because you have some points, some KPIs, you know, it could be like, if you're into lifting, could be the amount of weight you lift. It could be, you know, if you're running, could be your, your time, for example, you know, there's measurements and same thing in entrepreneurship. We also have a small, uh, what we call the self-awareness scorecard. So you need to measure um, your energy levels, how productivity, how productive uh, you felt and you know you're really how you felt overall so what were you satisfied with your week or how did you feel energetically like let's say you rank yourself two out of five well maybe that's something like you're going to look at it and say okay why did that happen you know I, I don't just don't feel two out of five for nothing oh well maybe I didn't sleep well you know for two nights in a row maybe my nutrition was off maybe this happened like that's going to give you pointers that okay this should be improved. And then the next week, well, guess what? You might be looking at more, you know, better night routines or improving your sleep or improving your nutrition, things like that. All right. So, um, or, you know, reducing stress levels, for example. So it's very important to do so. Um, and then, you know, obviously preparing, proactively preparing the next week. And once you know where you're going, you don't have to, this, the key is always to eliminate reactivity and always yeah. to promote proactivity so when you're ready the week in advance of knowing what you're going to do knowing that there will be things you haven't planned but you have the space to for that like you're going to be fine and it's doing that you know over time that uh that will make things things improve you know yeah no doubt i think you know doing a some sort of performance review is something that a lot of people have in dirt in certain areas of their life. Like in sports, people always watch film on what they on how the game went and what they what went well, what didn't go well. And, you know, a lot of people who work for companies and they're entrepreneurs have performance reviews with their bosses. But it's like you need to do a performance review with you with yourself every single week to to evaluate because like you said, that's the only way to know whether or not 
you were on track or whether you were off track, what you need to repeat, what you need to avoid, that, that sort of thing. So I just think that implementing a weekly re- review is so, so important. Um, uh, the, 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 down to the last couple of questions here, one of the things that you said is so, so important for people right now and a big problem for people right now is how much time they spend in their inbox and their email. And one of the resources that you guys have is called the Inbox Freedom System. And so to give people... If, people, if somebody is listening right now and it's the morning time and they're like, I have a crap ton of emails right now, I, I'm just overwhelmed with how much time I'm going to spend in it. What's like one thing that they can do today like from the Inbox Freedom System that is going to immediately give them relief, immediately going to allow them to be more effective in their inbox? So first of all, yeah. So we, we give, that's a free training we have on our website. Um, you can check it out, but it's it's... You know, beyond the fact of having a specific time every day to answer emails, there's one trick. One, one, if you want, like I'm not a tactical guy, but the one tactic you can do right now is set an auto responder, you know, in your inbox. Say, okay, mm-hmm. if you are like, I'm not answering, first of all, set the, ex- like, set the expectations where, where they should be. You know, every day, it's like every day, because I receive a large amount of emails, I only answer emails every day from you know, let's say 11 a.m. until noon. And then you say, if it's a matter, like for this, for example, if you have a business, for me, I'm like, if you want to be, if it's about this, email this person. If it's about this, email this Mm -hmm. person. If it's an extreme emergency, here's my phone number. I actually give my personal phone number there. So if it's an extreme emergency, people can, 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 can call me directly. The thing is, what people perceive of as emergencies are actually not emergencies. That's why I'm against, I'm not against, but I don't like the Eisenhower matrix, is that it bases the decision-making on urgency and importance. But for most people, especially who work from on the, you know, reactively, everything is important, everything is urgent, and it's a do-it-now situation. And then this is when you, you start drifting, because now what you're doing is that you're prioritizing reactive tasks. And reactive tasks are, are drifters, right? So do that. I can I can tell you, first of all, it's going to, one, you're going to have clear, people are going to know, you know, it's going to set expectations to when you're going to be answering them or who they should be, uh, they should be talking to. And also under making them understand that what are emergencies and what not emergencies. It's going to make them think, right? And so... And, and the truth is, after a while, and I do that, like, I had mine for years and years and years. People get tired of seeing your damn autoresponder every time you, <laughs> you email them. And they'll, they'll stop emailing you. And, and now they're going to start going by the route that you tell them to go, right? So, like, listen, I, here's how I answer emails. Here are the rules, you know, of communication. And, for example, like, at Epic, we have a centralized communication system for the team. We don't use emails for communications. There are things that we forward to each other and everything, obviously. But overall, the main communication is done through a centralized system. We use software called, you know, Twist. So, again, the key is to eliminate reactivity and then, over time, gradually optimize that. So, within the Inbox Freedom System, we offer you the opportunity to gradually improve your inbox, you know, apply the right filters, apply the right, you know, priorities, sending, you know, creating inboxes within the inbox that will make you overall, uh, will make you achieve, you know, inbox zero uh, on a daily basis. I've been having, you know, I, I'm on inbox zero every day and it's been what, I think, created a system about eight years ago. Wow. And yeah, it's just, 
inbox free inbox zero. That doesn't mean that I don't have like good number of emails, but they are selected, they're classified, I know where to find them, I know how to attend them. And yeah, it works. It's a game changer. It's a game oh changer gosh. just because it allows you to be to eliminate a lot of reactivity. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean, I know so many people who are like, I've been in my inbox all day and I still have another hundred emails. Yeah. And I'm like that, I can't even imagine that. So I know that people will want to jump all over that. Um, well, before I ask the last question here, Dave, uh, I just want to acknowledge you for being able to kind of make this transition in your career um, from being the type of entrepreneur who is maybe kind of over or at it all the time, at it all the time, and then to kind of be able to take a step back and and realize things can be done more efficiently and, and more effectively and create systems for other people so that they don't necessarily have to go through the same burnout maybe that that you did. I think it's uh, it's super powerful and it's going to help. It is helping and is going to help so many more people. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. You know, and I think, you know, these are principles that can apply to, every, you know, whether it's you're an entrepreneur or an athlete or whoever and, and everything. All the principles are based on, you know, on sports performance, on athletics, on sport, based on what you would do if you were an athlete. Yeah. Right. And it's understanding that and, and applying that to your life. So you don't have, you know, you don't have to get injured doing your sport. You can do it, you know, in the right way. We get yeah. injured in sport because morning often, like, you know, accidents happen. But people, for example, get injured because they don't understand how to perform some moves or they venture into or do things that they shouldn't be doing. And yeah, that's, that's what happens. So there's a way to prevent that. And just like there's a way to prevent burnout by working more, more efficiently and effectively. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Well, you guys need to make sure you go check out Done by Noon, How to Achieve More by Noon than Other Entrepreneurs in a Full Day. I'll have that obviously linked up in my show notes. And you need to check out the Epic Planner as well. This is something I've started to dive into, as I've told you guys over this past week. Um, and it's been a game changer how I've been just this past this past week on how I've implemented stuff a little bit differently into my my Google Calendar and finding place for my rocks first and then my routines and and then some of that other uh, re reactionary and response stuff uh, after that. So you guys go check that out. Make sure you follow Dave on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn at Dave Ruel. And I'll have that linked up in the show, note, show notes as well. Go to epic.co to check out. We have, we have actually a special link for you, Nick, like for your yes. audience. They want to get the free book, epic.co. So EFFIC.co forward slash best you. And you're going to get a free copy. You Obviously, you have to pay for shipping, but we offer a complimentary copy to your listeners, Nick. Yeah, epic.co dot or slash best you. And like I said, I'll have that linked up in the show notes and I could not recommend it more. I know I've stressed it again, but go buy the freaking book, everybody. Um, all right, to uh, get to the last question. So, and you kind of, you kind of, your, your approach to productivity and efficiency is very similar to just like my approach to get clo closer to the best version of yourself. I think it's really important to start off by gaining clarity on what you think the best version of yourself is supposed to look like. Obviously, that that clarity is going to get more and more refined as you go through life. And then the idea is to try to reverse engineer that person into reality every single day. Um, and so I also think that that journey is constant in its unique journey for, for every single one of us. So my question for you, Dave, is if there are three things that you can currently do or three things that you can currently work on to get closer to that best version of Dave Ruel that you could possibly be, then what are those three things that you could currently do or currently work on? That's a great question because it's very like, you know, it's, I think it's very contextual, but I think, you know, there are things that can, that, that can, you can always work on first. So first of all, your discipline, 
right? And it, it all goes back to self-leadership. Right. I'm going to go back through the three, the three components. So first of all, self-discipline um, self is the ability to really produce consistent you know, results in your life. You know, building the right habits, the right rituals, the right routines that will bring you, you know, closer to the version of who you want to be. Right. So developing that over time, developing the right habits, routines, rituals is important. You know, if people work with you, Nick, they understand, you know, you probably have things that you make them do every single week, every single month. You know, there's there's these routines. So building that self-discipline, first of all, is is number one. No one's going to do it for you. You will be the one executing. You know, a coach can tell you where to go, like, you know, on the field. But guess what? You're the one on the field. Right. And you will have to react to it. So. That's that that part, self-awareness, which is a never-ending process. You know, start learning more about yourself. Go on, you know, self-discovery expeditions. You know, do things you haven't tried before, just to understand yourself a little bit better. And understand that along this journey, you will never fully be 100 percent aware. You will not 100 percent of understand who you are. And it's, it's, that's what's great about life is that you're yeah. always discovering new things about you. And even though you might feel, oh, I know myself pretty well. Yeah, I know right now, but you will discover new things about you. And that's, that's a beauty. So be open to self-awareness and self-exploration. And number three is self-respect, you know, respect your ambitions, respect your own style, respect your own context. As you said, we're all unique. And, you know, we talked a little bit that, about that earlier, um, ambition appropriation is a huge, huge problem. It's a huge mistake that every single person will make in their life, you know, by looking at someone and say, this is what success looks like. No, you make your own definition of success. You have to define that for yourself. And that definition might change over time. That definition, you know, based on your context, based on your experiences, on life events will change and that's fine, but you have to respect that. And I think self-respect is important that way. So I think it's probably the three things I would ask people to, to look into deeply. And, and guess what? It's self-leadership never stops. It's yeah. a never ending process and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, man. Well, couldn't agree more, Dave. Uh, three great things. Y'all go to epic.co slash best you to get your done by noon book. But, uh, but yeah, Dave, that's all we got today. I appreciate it, man. Nice. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate it a lot. Hell of an episode with Dave. I absolutely loved hearing his thoughts on setting goals and how it's okay to let those goals change and adapt over time based on your new context, your new experiences, new insights, and new knowledge. Be sure you share this episode with a friend or family member. Share it with someone who is working and looking to take their productivity to the next level. That doesn't mean just working harder or just working smarter. It means working right and whatever right means to you. And be sure you go grab a free copy of Dave's book, Done by Noon, at www.epic.co slash bestyou. Again, epic.co slash bestyou, E-F-F-I-C dot C-O slash bestyou. And also, if you're interested in having a clear path to hit your fitness goals, then go to nickcarrier.com slash 10-week programs. Again, nickcarrier.com slash 10-week programs. Remember, the three finite resources that we need to protect and manage are time, energy, and attention. If we can find a way to protect and manage these things, we're going to get the right things done in an efficient amount of time. There were some great things in today's episode. I'd really encourage you to go back and take notes in it if you didn't already. And I'd also highly encourage you to go grab a copy of Done by Noon, free copy at epic.co 
slash best you. Start taking these things seriously, start implementing into your life so you can start getting more done by noon than most people can achieve in a full day and it will allow you to get closer and closer to your best you.